podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, joined by my co-host, Scott. And I want to give a big shout-out to our boy, Tiger Hoods, for that warm, welcoming intro in our new theme song. Scott, what is the good word? Uh, you know what? I think uh, we are in pretty much agreement that the fact that we have that intro is one of the highlights of our lives. Yeah, for sure. Um, not many people can get name-checked in a rap song, let alone have an entire song written about them and their podcast. And the fact that if you really dive into the lyrics, which I think we're going to have to do a deep dive one week on the podcast, um, it's very quick. It's 30 seconds. But it, it literally does give a history of you and I and how we started golfing together. Because obviously, you know, you and I have known each other since kindergarten, and we didn't start golfing in kindergarten. No, I, I started golfing way before you did. Right. And yeah, I, I think you were post high school even. So yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. It's yeah. you know, that deep dive, I think will be very illuminating for some people. And then I, I, I love to tell my story about how I you know was tricked into golfing for the first time. And actually it was, I was a, a senior going into senior year in high school, but you know, I, I may have played three or four times and you and I may have hit the range like once, you know, it was once I got to the summer of senior year, like once we had graduated, that's when it kind of really, you know, gotcha. took off. And, uh, and then obviously you and I got, got so deep into it and just started, you know, doing it all the time. Absolutely. All right. So it's a, it's a little bit of a weird week on the pod um, because we had the Punta Corrales or Punta Cana, open on the PGA tour and you didn't watch any of it. And I didn't watch any of it. I was, I was watching my Cardinals punch their ticket to the, the uh, extended MLB playoffs. So playoffs, mm. um, we were, we were watching that. So, I mean, literally um, I didn't watch a nanosecond of it. Um, interesting, interesting ending though, Scott, Adam Long, who had beat Phil and uh, someone else. I can't remember exactly who, a while back in some California event. Um, he He's in the lead. He shoots 65 on Friday, shoots 64 on Saturday. And he's got a two-stroke lead over the eventual winner, Hudson Swafford. And he goes off and shoots a 75 in the final round. And quite honestly, you don't see blow-ups like that at these small events. That's, that's the U.S. Open blow-up. That's a final round Masters blow-up. You don't see it. At a small field event with 500 invited guests. Not out of guys who have won before. Uh, you no. know, that's the thing. It, that's interesting because he's he's won on the tour before. So you would think the spotlight wouldn't be too big. But I don't know. Maybe he just he had a bad day. He choked. Swing wasn't there. You know, minuscule things could be off in the putting stroke. And that's the difference between, you know, a, a huge payday and a slightly less huge payday. Because let's you know, be honest, it's still a huge payday. For sure. And one of the things that's interesting, I mean, you make a great point. The man has won before. Like, he birdied the 18th hole to beat Phil Mickelson before in in California. Um, I think it was just two years ago. Maybe it was last year. I mean, my timeline sucked to begin with in life. 
But post COVID, mm. I you know I'm lucky I know what day of the week it is now. Um, so you yeah you're right. I mean, was the spotlight too big, or was it just one of those things where he just didn't have it that day? And everyone that listens to this podcast has had those days where they just don't have it. He was quoted as saying, I thought I would play the same golf that I had been playing. Some things just didn't go my way, and I hit a few shots that ended up in tough spots, and I missed a few putts, kind of like what you were saying, and I have no idea what happened. I gave up the lead quick, and everything happened so fast. And you hear that a lot, Scott. You hear guys say, things started to speed up, you know, things are getting faster, I can't slow down, I can't control stuff. And any good athlete talking to you about being kind of in the zone and playing great We'll talk about how things slow down, right? Guys in the yep. NFL, guys in, in basketball and the NBA will say, the game has slowed down for me. And you don't feel like you're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. And, and I feel like Adam Long was that on Sunday. And he's coming off a, a top 15 in the U.S. Open, too. He finished T13. So, yeah, I mean, just, again, rough day, and that's what happens. It's the, you, you, the difference between first and, I guess, he finished fifth is you know literally could be a a quarter of a centimeter in his putting stroke yeah and and this not being an enormous payout event hudson swafford won 720 grand but adam long goes from potentially winning 720 grand to winning 164 now 164 is nothing to sneeze at okay but when you're talking about a loss of almost $600,000 for one poor round on a Sunday, it's got to sting a little bit. Oh, yeah. He's going to feel that. And, I mean, the difference in FedEx Cup points, I mean, who knows? That could be the difference between, you know, making it from one one tournament to the next. He might not make the, the tour championship by a few points. And he's going to be looking back and thinking, man, if only I, you know, I would have played a little bit better on that Sunday. So, you know, every tournament does count that, you know, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not just a tagline the PGA Tour uses. Every shot counts, honestly. I mean, there's guys there's guys that have missed the FedEx Cup playoffs by, you know, a a point, two points. And, And that literally comes down to a putt or an approach shot that should have been within 10 feet, but it was 30 feet, you know, and they three putt or something along those lines. So it's crazy when you break down. The numbers. Um, this gets me thinking about something else, Scott. You and I are both busy individuals. There's golf on every single week. There's never a weekend or a week without golf. I mean, we we had the made for TV event that just occurred, um, you know, in Missouri at at, uh, at Mountaintop uh, Resort, top of the Rock, uh, Tiger's new course, Payne's Valley there. And, and there's just a deluge. There's such a plethora of golf that's out there. Um, do we need a PGA tour event every single week? Do we need it? No. Um, will we convince the players and the tour otherwise? No. Uh, but that's the thing. It's it, like you said, like if you and I aren't watching or we're not, you know, glued to it, it's probably not something that the tour needs to do. There's football on, you know, there's the NBA playoffs, you know, there, there's the Major League Baseball playoffs. All these things are, you know, coming to a head right now. Um, and you know what? The PGA Tour Punta Cana Resort Championship is kind of on the back burner for a lot of people. 
when you get, you know, a, a, a so-called weaker field and, you know, this doesn't have the star power, I, my guess is the ratings on this were pretty terrible if we were actually to look at them. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a great, it's, you make a great point. If you and I aren't watching it, I, I don't really know who is. I feel like tournaments like this are just background fodder. Like you're out playing on the weekend inside the clubhouse or inside the pro shop. You know, this Punta Cana Resort and Golf Championship is is going on. And you kind of give a little bit of half-ass like, uh, hey, who's in the lead? And then they tell you, oh, it's Adam Long. And you're like, "Uh, oh, okay, I don't know who that is. And then you look down the line, you don't know who most people are. Um, You know, part of me is like, wouldn't it be great if, these small events weren't around all the time. Maybe they were even shortened to 54 hole or, you know, 36 hole events. I don't know. Um, but then the other part of me is like, you know what? This gives young guys like take Will Zalatoris, for example, all you're going to hear is his name this week. And this is a guy that Mike, our buddy, who caddies out on the corn ferry tour after he won his first event. He's like, Dan, you got to keep your eye on this kid. Like he's a bomber. And yes, everyone's a bomber on the Corn Ferry Tour. He said, but this right. kid plays with such precision and has such deft touch. He played a practice round with him, and he said, dude, it, it's it's not Corn Ferry Tour level. He said, this is like PGA Tour level. He said, but not low level. He's like, this is PGA Tour winning level. Um, so it was nice to see Will kind of get his due. He played great at the U.S. Open. He got in on that. Um, one of the only Corn Ferry Tour players to play that. Then he comes out. And finishes like uh, seventh last week or so, and he's kind of one of the big names to talk about this week. Uh, so I, I like these little tournaments for that. But I mean, let's be honest. Like, if you're a fan of the NBA or the NFL, and that's the best example, you're not missing a game because there's so few. You right. and I didn't watch a second of this, Scott, and I don't think we we necessarily missed anything. Nah, I, I'm looking through like again, and I don't want to go like based on like names in the field, but I, I'm going to do that just for the sake of the the casual viewer. Um, there's no one in here who's like really making anyone turn the TV on. I mean, Charlie Hoffman's probably the biggest name in the field. I like Charlie Hoffman a lot, but uh, is he? Is he putting eyes on the screen when there's an NFL game on Sunday? Probably not. No. Um, all right. Well, so this that leads me to my next question then, the next talking point. We've seen due to COVID, and primarily due to COVID, the rise of these mini one-day-only made-for-TV golf events, which quite honestly I love because they can be at different courses that don't necessarily need the enormous infrastructure space that the PGA Tour demands and, and honestly needs for television. Uh, they can be more intimate, more private. Um, you get a deeper kind of insight into the guys, even if, you know, even if it's BS like Rory talking about dominoes to JT. I mean, uh, you know, come on. That's, you can't right. make me believe that that was an off-the-cuff remark. Like, that's that's Phil-esque, right? Like, Phil never does anything that does not benefit his brand. And I fail to believe that Rory just casually mentions Domino's, you know, by name and, and spouts off about it. But with that being said, how much do you like these one-day events? 
And would you like to see more of them? So I love the one-day events. I would like to see more of them. I, I We've talked about this before. The way I would almost handle some of this is almost like boxing promotes, you know, big events, you know, get two stars out there and, and make a big deal out of it. You know, you have the, obviously the match with Tiger and Phil and, and that, you know, was, you know, I, I think really well hyped and, you know, they had their, their issues when they tried to go pay-per-view with it and whatever. But if you can do that and make it a, make it an event, make it a thing where once a month there's going to be this big match and, you know, who's playing, um, you know, Tiger and Phil. Okay. I'll watch that. Who's playing JT and Rory. I'll watch that. That's awesome. Um, and get people who have name recognition. Um, I, I, we'd have to um, look it up a little bit, but I think that kind of brings back some of golf's past too, where, yes. you know, these pros weren't just, you know, going out there with these huge fields. They were going out and playing money matches against, you know, one or two other guys. Hey, Shell's wonderful world of golf ran for 15 to 20 years and, and gave us some of the greatest matchups that we never got to see in the final round of big tournaments. I'm even talking like pre-TV era. You know, I, I think if we went way back, you'd we'd find that in the in the history of golf, there were a lot of these like, you know, sh- small, you know, couple guys go out there and they, they play a match. They play match play. You know, let, let's do that. Let's go back to that a little bit. Well, that's that's kind of exactly how the LPGA started with Babe Zaharias, you know, mm-hmm. going around and challenging men and then eventually finding some other you know, very talented women to play against. And they would just run these money tournaments. And by tournament, I mean four to eight people playing. Now, one of the things that, okay, the match was great for the fact that it broke ground and it let people know that we don't need 154 man or 148 woman field to get good golf. Agree? Yes. Okay, but... Here's my problem with the match. Tiger and Phil were so blasé and so boring and so fake and contrived in their speech and their dialect with each other that everyone after it, people always thought you had to have more, right? More is better. If we have two and they don't communicate, let's have four. And then at least at that point in time, you know, we've got a better shot at two people interacting. And that's fine, and I understand it. Personally, I like the one-on-one because I don't necessarily need the banter, per se. I I like the the behind-the-scenes, inside-the-ropes commentary that maybe a caddy and player can provide. But here's where that problem manifested itself um, in Missouri last week. You had four guys talking at once. You didn't Mm -hmm. know who was talking to who when some people were speaking and they were off camera. And it became very difficult unless it was two people directly in the camera's lens having a conversation. Very difficult to follow a lot of that, um, you know, mid-shot banter. Uh, I I would definitely agree with that. Um, But that's something that if they did this more often, the crews would figure out. Like, they, they would figure out how to make it work. This is just right now they're they're just sort of winging it. Yeah. Oh, I have no I have no doubt. Um, but I think it's something where look, some of these top guys, 
there's there's 52 weeks a year. Okay, we can all agree on that. It never changes. There's yeah. 51 weekends a year that the PGA Tour is having a tournament. Um, nobody is playing 51, and no one's playing 45 even. So there are plenty of times to have guys do these kind of made-for-TV matches. You know, one of the things that I would love, and granted, this is from a golf geek, just like you and I and the rest of the listeners mostly, but I would really appreciate two guys that belong to the same club mm-hmm. going out and playing on a week that they're not playing. They could be low-tier guys. You know, it could be like a Cameron Piercy and, and uh, you know, like Bo Hostler or, or, or guys like that, you know? Top 200 guys in the world, but guys like you mentioned before that aren't really draws on television. And I'd be fine with a real low-key one or two camera shoot, you know, stream it, Mm -hmm. put it on PGA Tour Live. And if you don't feel like watching the Sanderson Farms championship in in Mississippi this week, well, you turn into these two guys who aren't going to be there, but they're playing a money match at their own club. Yeah, we know it it might be really awesome. If you got like, let's say, uh, like three or four guys who went to Oklahoma State and at different time periods, obviously not guys who are yep. teammates and have them play the, the Oklahoma State home course. That would be awesome. Street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's so many ways to go about it. I mean, hey, how great would it be when Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth were having their little tiff and to put those two together on a course for, you know, 50K or something like that. Uh, that I think that would be great. I, I mean, it, even if that tiff is supposedly over, I think it would be great. Um, like, and, <laughs> and that might be a way for, you know, Spieth to kind of get back some of his mojo. Because it's, ma- it's just match play, so a couple bad right. holes aren't going to kill him. That's another problem at, uh, you know, the Big Bass Pro Shop Invitational, whatever we're calling it, that, that Tiger held. One of the biggest problems is they, they were playing, like, four different matches. There was four different games going on. It's like, okay, these three holes are match play. These three holes are stroke play. The next four holes is alternate shot. That becomes way too confusing, especially for how people watch golf. People do not watch golf from the first televised tee time till the end. I, I'm sorry to break it to you out there, networks, but that's not how it goes. People drop in and out. People fall asleep on the couch and wake up six holes later, check the scoreboard, and then go back to sleep if it's still boring. Right. So when you do something like that, the problem then becomes when I tune in, what the hell's going on? You tune in, you say, hey, Rory's two under. I'm at two under. How's that possible? They're playing match play. You know what I mean? Because you mm-hmm. watch holes two through five, and I watch the back nine. And there's a place for that. Just it doesn't need to be within the same match. So if you want to have an alternate shot match, that's cool. Just do it. You know, in two weeks with different guys, or do it with the same guys, or do it with the same guys and a partner. Um, you know, there there's a lot of different ways to make it work, but just keep the same match, follow the same format. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I would love is if two guys, whether they're best friends or arch enemies, you know, pitch to the network, hey, here's what we're kind of thinking. We're kind of thinking of doing like a month-long, one-day event against each other once a week, right? Mm-hmm. One time we go stroke play. The next time we do it match play. Um, the third time we do alternate shot and see how low we can go. 
And then the last time we do it where whoever wins the hole gets to take a club from the other person or something like that, you know? And then you have kind of this, this building storyline. So it's like a soap opera, almost like professional wrestling, you know, but, but with actual sport. Well, and that's what I'm saying with boxing. Like, that's the, that's the thing with, with boxing and professional wrestling is that it's all it's building to a, a main event. Um, obviously, wrestling, it's, you know, it's building up longer and there's storylines and things like that. Whereas, you know, boxing, it'll be announced and then they, you know, guys go to training camp and there's media kind of in between and, and you maybe you forget about it a little bit, but then a couple of weeks before there's more media and then there's, you know, they, they talk about it, there's speculation, you have the experts out there, you have, uh, I guess it's HBO does 24-7, mm-hmm. all that stuff, like build it up like a thing. So um, in, in wrestling, when they have these storylines, what does it always build towards, Scott? Uh, like a pay-per-view a pay-per-view that's correct oh wait so so are you saying that this should be a pay-per-view well i'm not sure if it is a pay-per-view or not i think they would get more people (laughs) if it wasn't a pay-per-view but i mean hey the the match had a pretty high buy rate you know a a a, um a pre-buy rate i should say because obviously everyone every one of us got it for free which was fantastic but yeah i mean there could be an undercard 18 holes, you know, like like the match play championship, right? They play mm-hmm. the third and fourth place match. They send those idiots off, you know, six holes earlier, which no one watches. And then you've got, you know, your two finalists left. But do it as a, a team thing. So, you know, let's say, hypothetically say, you know, we're going to have, you know, Tiger's going to have a team and Phil's going to have a team. So Tiger picks three guys. They go out ahead of him, you know, or actually it would probably have to be, yeah, it would have to be, enough that the tiger and phil match has to happen so so let's say tiger picks two guys and now what's up you're getting into some world golf league stuff sort of yeah yeah but it's this is just a one one shot event kind of thing i gotcha yeah it's a like a mini rider cup you know sunday singles but the captains are playing i understand i understand that i i do love the idea of Tiger and Phil kind of becoming these old heads in golf that are just going to do these one-off events. Well, here's the thing. Like, how do you keep them relevant for as long as possible? I mean, that's what I'm saying. This is exactly how. And even if they're not playing, they, they, they become like a Gary and Jack who were hitting shots on the 19th hole. Right. no, people bitched and complained about that, but Scott, I loved it. I mean, I'm the biggest Gary player, Mark, in the world, and he might be the most narcissistic, self-centered man out there, but I love him to death. And just to be able to see him and Jack swing a club nowadays, it, 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 I mean, I, I love it. I, I need it in my life. So any way that you can shoehorn that in, I'm okay with. Again, one one of the highlights of Masters Week is the par three competition and it, and it's because those two are miked and Tom Watson now too, but let's be honest. It's because of Jack and Gary. So this this is going off topic, but is, is, is the par three tournament cooler than the actual tournament itself? Possibly. Um, I think it's cooler than any of the other three majors. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not sure I can argue that. I don't know. The problem is, I don't know that you can separate the two events. 
because it's the the Masters is cool because of all of the the traditions, you know, with the, the champions dinner and the crow's nest and sure, the par all three the and circumstance and all the pageantry. I get it. I get it. You know, I, is, I mean, the Masters is like a high school prom, right? But mm-hmm. a high school prom turned up to a million at the coolest place that you could ever think of. Everyone's dolled up. Like, it's the place to see and be seen. It happens once a year. It's at the same spot. Everyone can congregate. They can come from all walks of life and all areas of the country and, and be there um, and know that everyone else that they always see is going to be there as well. But the older I get, Scott, the more and more that I sit and I watch the entire par three contest and and there's not too many rounds in a given year that i can say i watch the entire round yeah i take a half personal day off from work so i can make it home to watch all of the par three yeah like so if you want to question our golf fanaticism like that's it in a nutshell i mean like right like some people gear their gears towards christmas or kwanzaa or hanukkah or any type of these these religious celebrations and 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 golf is a religion i mean the hallowed halls are augusta is it not Uh, it's completely that's it's golf's cathedral i'm staring uh, on the podcast desk in the pa studio is a good boy originals you know augusta national original match club cover and i mean like matches like used to get in a in a convenience store or a gas station you know um i mean it's everywhere it's it's all encompassing i think it's everything that that golf is and and should be except for the exclusivity i mean here here in the studio i have you know I, i have some golf decorations um and amongst you know my many things i have a a master's hat and of course i have my Leave the pin logo wall uh, wall decoration, which is what color? Masters green and yellow. So. Um, speaking of which, I'm actually wearing my Jack Nicholas Spirit of '86 Leave the Pin mm. T-shirt, um, which is another classic Tyler the Creator design. And and for all of our new listeners, we have merchandise and and gear out there. So if you go to our Instagram page at Leave the Pin, click on the link in our bio. And you can go and buy it too. Very modestly priced. We literally make like a quarter off of everything. Um, and, and you can get your your master's gear because it's coming up real quick. Yeah, and and one of our favorite shirts is the Fall Masters uh, that we have up there. It's our first one on the site. Check it out. It's actually pretty cool. Um, I actually designed that one. It's the only one mm-hmm. I have designed. Um, Scott, last week at the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. That's a very weird name and Club Championship. You yes. don't necessarily hear PJ Tour event being labeled as a club championship. Uh, anyway, they they invited 500 guests per day. We're starting to get that rollout, Scott. We're starting to get fans back. The only problem there, Corrales, the fans were confined to the 16th and 17th hole. That's it. Um, because obviously that's where the action and excitement was coming home, and they figured they'd have a ladder applause there. Now, this week, um, I'm sorry, not this week, uh, October 29th, uh, three weeks from now, uh, through November 1st at Port Royal in Bermuda, the Bermuda Golf Championship is going to have actual fans that are going to be allowed to walk the course. Obviously, outside the U.S., both of these two tournaments, but it seems like the PGA Tour is getting inklings that we can start doing it if we do it 
safely. Do you think this is the right move with the supposed fall relapse of COVID rates coming back again? So again, if we can do it safely and and they're not you know going crazy and letting in th- hundreds of thousands of fans, I mean, I mean, a, dude, it's the Bermuda Championship. There's going to be yeah. like ninety people. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a golf course. There's plenty of room to distance. Um, you know, just I think if people are responsible, there's no reason you can't have a you know a halfway decent crowd at a golf tournament. And, um, and just and you just you... there needs to be controlled access to things and correct you know what you might not get to stand on the hole that you want to watch, but I mean I feel like it's not impossible to, to show to you do how this deep, safely how deep we go into research. Bermuda has been hit relatively uh, extremely light, not even relatively light. Uh, right. The island has less than two hundred confirmed cases and only nine deaths. Now, obviously, you know, to those families, it's an enormous loss, and we're sorry for that. Um, but when you just oppose that to the numbers that we're dealing with, you know, in the lower 48, that is, it, it, I mean, it's nothing. You know, it's it's completely minimal. So it seems like this is a good first tournament to kind of get their feet wet. Monaghan is not committed to a timeline at all. Most people say it's going to be at least 2021 before we start having fans back, which is what I, I kind of think so as well. They wait through the winter, see what happens. Maybe, maybe Augusta, the, you know, the second Masters, not the fall Masters, the, the next Masters, 2021, maybe, right. they, maybe they become the litmus test, you know, because obviously we know Augusta is very good at controlling number of people that are allowed in. Yeah, again, I mean, uh, I, I'm really, and from what I could tell, you know, it seemed pretty limited, but I'm really surprised, like, the, the U.S. Open didn't open up to, like, Wingfoot members. Well, the Wingfoot members were there, but they were all, like, the marshals and stuff, which I saw one of the dumbest things in the world. I saw a Wingfoot marshal holding up the quiet sign facing away from the players on some tee shots. Hmm. You got to make sure that crowd stays under control. Well, you know, those Wingfoot members get a little bit unruly, Scott, after a few martinis. Hmm. Exactly. Um, you brought up something a while back, and we've been talking about it lately. It kind of came to my mind on uh, kind of different revenue streams that professional golfers and athletes and entertainers and kind of mm-hmm. anyone above a C-list celebrity is doing nowadays, and that is doing personalized specialized shout outs through cameo where in turn if people don't know what cameo is you pay a sometimes substantial amount of money you give in this case a professional golfer kind of an outline of what you want them to talk about and they will send either you or a friend of yours for the birthday or graduation or whatever circumstance the, it may the be. one year anniversary of your podcast sure that might be true too <laughs> Um, you know, they'll send you a personalized, uh, message. So Scott, I'm going to hand this over to you and, and tell us some of the research you've done on this. So just uh, real quick. So, uh, so for the one year anniversary of the podcast, I, uh, purchased a, a cameo for Dan as a, a little anniversary gift. Um, I spent $50 
at the time, the uh, the most recognizable uh, PGA golfer who was affordable was Siwoo Kim. Uh, so again, it was 50 bucks. And I asked him to say, you know, congratulations, Dan, for the, the one year anniversary of your podcast uh, with your, you know, your friend Scott. Uh, keep it up. And basically, I wrote the script for him. Uh, what he sent us in no way, shape, or form resembled that. Um, it was, and, and obviously, there's a little bit of a language barrier, but okay, let's let's. This hold wasn't on, even cool. Hold on a second. <laughs> there's a little bit more than a little bit of a language barrier. <laughs> so my question for you first, and obviously, it was it was a. I mean, I loved it. I mean, we still laugh to this day over it. it it's one of those inside jokes, like the pay per view. That will go down in history um, between us because we've been friends for so long. But I have to ask you this. Was there any type of asterisk on the page that said, you know, Mr. Kim's English or maybe ability to interpret reading material um, was not that good? Did it say that anywhere? Uh, I've, I just clicked on it again. On his and no, not at all. Okay. It actually okay. says, please try to be as specific as possible with your request. Well, you so, were pretty specific, and yes, I, 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 I literally I, wrote it for him. I, yeah. See, that's the thing. How it went from what you wrote to what he eventually recorded and said, I will never understand. And then, and then, secondly, now most people might say, well, fifty dollars is not a lot of money, but you know, I. I think $50 for a 30-second video clip is a pretty substantial amount of money. Um, this man did it in what looks to be like an insane asylum room. It's like this off-white color. There's dim lighting. He's wearing this white T-shirt. It's a cream-colored background. I mean, he looks to be completely out of it, whether it's jet lag or some sort of extraneous substance. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that's whatever hotel he was in. He he probably just got finished with travel, checked it, and was just like, I can bang this out real quick and make myself 50 bucks. I mean, I, I, my guess is someone like Siwoo Kim is probably not keeping that 50 bucks. It's probably getting donated or something like that. But now, do you think, I mean, do you think he does it himself or do you think it's like, you know, his manager that's like, oh, hey, Siwoo you know, these these 10 cameos came in. You've got to bang those out real quick. Uh, it's probably the manager. Pro there's probably, he probably has a guy. He's got a guy for it. He's got a guy. That's my guess. He's not, he's not checking. Unless so, he gets an email. And I, I mean, who knows what it's like out there when you're Siwoo Kim. Sure, sure. Now, can you just, for the record, can you tell me, you know, what it was that you said, and I'm going to play for everybody what he said. What, what did I, I, I said, I literally said, Hey, you know, this is it's the one year anniversary of our podcast. You know, please congratulate, you know, my partner, Dan, uh, for our podcast, leave the pin. And that was pretty much it. Like just get that in there and then do whatever you wanted to do. All right, um, I don't know how this is going to translate, but I'm going to let people listen to what Siwoo Kim said. Hello, this is Siwoo. So, Dan and Scott, 
I know you guys started podcast last year, and hopefully the podcast is all the success. And then I know you guys this year is one year anniversary, so congratulations. And then hope you hope you guys like ten, twenty years going great. Thanks, guys. All right, so he wishes us a a happy anniversary, which is my favorite word. Now,、um, <laughs> he thinks we're going to be doing this in ten to twenty years, which I love. I mean, maybe we will be. I don't know.、Um, I, you know what? I think our goal for ten years from now is to have him、uh, as a an interview on the podcast. Well, I think like, I think that would for be, the ten year anniversary. Yeah, that's phenomenal. We'll we'll put that up. I mean, you know we. We we had scheduled it. Remember, you know, Jane was our fiftieth episode guest, and we've done little highlights like that.、Um, you know, our hundred and twenty fifth episode was for the hundred and twenty fifth U.S. Open. If you haven't caught on, there's there's definitely little Easter eggs like that when we record.、Um, but yeah, my man, my man Siwoo Kim is is just the man. There's also and the first time I heard it now. There's a weird like ringing noise. In the、mm. background, it sounds like it's from the hotel neighbor, like the next door neighbor in the hotel. Their phone was ringing. Yeah, I noticed that too.、Um, right. Who well, else? Who have you found? Who have I found? So let me let let's play a little game here. Okay, I love games. So、uh, we'll call it higher or lower. We'll do a little prices right kind of thing. Okay. So let's.、Uh, we'll start with two.、Uh, you know. Women who are you know big on the golf scene, you probably recognize their names.、Uh, so higher or lower,、uh, Lexi Thompson or Blair O'Neill? Which one's higher? Okay, it should be Lexi. However, Blair O'Neill has you know an enormous Instagram following with all these dudes who can't get laid, and they, you、mm -hmm. know they 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 ogle her、um, because they can't get a girl. So it is Blair O'Neill. It is in fact Blair O'Neill. She actually more than double what Lexi Thompson charges. At Lexi Thompson, by the way, this probably is the best deal on Cameo.、Uh, she's she gets fifty bucks. Lexi Thompson gets fifty bucks. Correct. And we got Seewoo Kim. Yeah, exactly. And Bla <laughs> Blair O'Neill gets one ten. One ten. And I for... I mentioned that for、uh, for specifics because that means that she's charging more than Seewoo Kim. You could get. Lexi Thompson and Siwoo for less money than an Instagram golfer. Well, well, no. Now Siwoo's a hundred bucks. Siwoo was oh how his price went up. This is like the stock market, Scott. We got、mm. in, we bought low, and now we're gonna sell high. Okay, that's accurate. All right, want to do another one? Yeah, I, I want it. I I love this. Okay, ready.、Uh, all right, so. Uh, well, I'm going to actually go with with two different、um, two different golf media members.、Uh, Damon Wait, Hack. Golf media members are doing cameos. Correct. Okay.、Uh, listen. I, hey, hey, hey! For everyone listening to this, DM us, and Scott and I will do ones for free. Oh, absolutely. Okay, for free for you instead of paying for these idiots to to say stuff, and we will be better spoken, say exactly what you want us to say, and have better personalities. Plus higher video quality. All right, go ahead. Give me these two: Damon Hack or Charlie Reimer. Ah,、uh, it's God.、Uh, I、uh, I like both of them, but I prefer Damon, I prefer Damon Hack. 
Um, but it's Charlie Reimer. He's higher. It, that's correct. Damon Hack's only 25 bucks. And Charlie Reimer gets 50. Okay, I might have to message Damon Hack and be like, hey, dude, just out of curiosity, how many cameos have you actually done? How many have been ordered? Uh, just, yeah, I, just so you know, I, I may actually just order you another one just from Damon Hack. <laughs> uh, all right, so let me give you two more. Okay. Um, these two guys are actually kind of considered to be kind of, I mean, obviously they're from different generations, but I feel like their careers are pretty similar. Okay. So I'm going to go with Tom Lehman and Keegan Bradley. Hmm. They're both enormously tall. That's true. Remember the first time we saw Tom Lehman? I couldn't believe the dude's like 6'4". Yeah, he's huge. Um, all right. Uh, it's got to be Keegan Bradley because he's a newer name. It is. He gets 200 Tom Lehman gets 100 bucks. Keegan Bradley gets $200? Well, $199. Okay, well, then then uh, no knock to Keegan Bradley. I mean, he's got a PGA Championship, mm. but I mean, so what is what is a top tier tour guy getting? Excellent question. All right, let's do that then. Uh, so there's only one guy I would consider a top tier tour guy, uh, and then there's someone else who's not a top tier tour guy anymore. Well, I'm so, sure most of these guys, it's not even like for the top, top guys, it's literally not even worth their time to record a minute snippet, you know? Well, so top tier tour guy, Sergio Garcia. And Sergio Garcia. next and the next sort of biggest name, John Daly. OK, John Daly is probably worth every penny because he would do it drunk and you'd have no idea what he would say. I, so. You might disagree, but okay. You want me to guess a price or who's higher? You, you know what? Guess a price for each of those. All right. Because now you have some, you have some perspective. Yeah, Sergio just fell out of like the world's a hundred, top hundred, top fifty. I think it was top hundred for the first time in over a decade. That that it's Sergio Garcia though. Um. All right. Sergio gets Keegan Bradley gets two hundred. So Sergio has to get at least five or six times that. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, twelve fifty for Sergio. Oh wow, you're you're way off. Oh, Sergio gets three seventy five. Hmm. I I feel like that that might almost that's a lot of money, but I think that might almost be a steal. I I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean. Again, like you, you know, that's that's the top tier tour guy. The next sort of, I would say, active guy who's still, you know, drawing, you know, not drawing, but the next sort of most active person on here who's a big name is Luke Donald, who gets one forty nine. I mean, I'd I'd personally rather have Luke Donald than Sergio anyway. Oh, me, but, me too. But all right, let me ask you this: How much does it cost? to have Sergio come out to my course and spit in the cup every time I miss eagle putts? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, we could theoretically um, spend 10 bucks and ask PGA Tour rules official Mark Russell. For $10, <laughs> PGA Tour rules official Mark Russell? Yes. Okay, I'm not going to lie to the audience. Um, I... 
know a lot of people in golf, and I know a lot about golf, and I've never heard Mark Russell's name before in my life. I think if you saw the picture, you'd you'd recognize him. To be okay, I just don't him. know his name. Okay. Yeah. Um. So John Daly, how much you think for him? Uh, Sergio's three seventy five. JD's five hundred. Higher. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> it's in. I, I. So I looked as hard is, as I could. Is it, is it four figures. No, no, no. I looked as hard as I could, though. I'm pretty sure JD might be the most expensive cameo out there. Eight, eight hundred. Seven fifty. So pretty oh close. Oh my god. Well, I mean, look. It's from the same dude who makes his living selling junk outside of the Hooters on Washington Road in Augusta. Exactly. What do you expect? Now, I will give you – there's one more I want to do uh, just because uh, right, it's a guy quick. that you like. Okay, but real quick, can mm. is there any way to see stats of, like, how much people nah, have been- – it's not on here. I, I, I tried. Okay, and before Scott's get to this, let me, let me kind of let people know why um, why this came about. I was on Facebook one night. Sebastian Bach is one of my favorite singers mm. of all time. He's actually the greatest – uh, rock and, and metal singer in the world. I literally will fight you on that. And Sebastian Bach is, you know, uh, during quarantine and stuff, not able to perform because there's no concerts going on. And yes, he does still perform and sounds pretty damn good. I saw him a few years ago. But he has taken to doing these advertising on Facebook, so not through Cameo, but for like $3,000, he will do a 15 to 20 minute video for you. He sings for you. He <laughs> talks about things in your life. And I went down this wormhole, Scott, and watched a video from like this woman named Laura that her friend got for her. And then he was like, oh, I heard you like Cheap Trick. And then the next thing you know, it cuts to him in the studio and he's singing a Cheap Trick song. That's and great. Yeah, and he's like, I know you got four kids, and he's throwing the kids' names in the song and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is the most incredible thing. And then I looked it up, and it's like $3,000. So to add another quick Sebastian Bach story. I was listening to a radio interview he did. I don't remember who it was with. And basically, one of the things that he likes to do for fun is go to like karaoke bars and just incognito and just sing Skid Row songs. That yes, he <laughs> I, he is a a drunk lunatic, uh, and I love him with all my heart. He is not aging well, though. I will say that. Mm. All right, so la- last one for you. This is yeah. it's a a golfer and someone who's golf related. Okay. So, uh, former Open champion and number one golfer in the world, David Duval. Oh man! Or the guy who played Shooter McGavin. <laughs> obviously the guy who plays through <laughs> mcgavin is charging a lot more than double d like 50 bucks more but yeah <laughs> it, and now now i look i we love david duvall um i've had numerous conversations with him he is a, a great great guy um wow how much is the guy that plays shooter mcgavin again 250 250 have you looked? I'm just out of curiosity, and, and obviously, there's probably a ton of people that have checked out, you know, ten minutes ago. But for those still with us, have you looked at what the most expensive cameo on cameo is? I'm the, the as best I can find. I'm pretty sure it's John Daly. Like higher than any celebrity at all. I like 
it's hard like you have to either know like a celebrity or like just search like through random fields oh so you um, can't like a price breakdown like I not grand you know what not on my phone but maybe like actually on the website okay. but like for comparison like Dolph Lundgren is like 350 um there's some actress from HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm who's $600 um the girl who played Winnie on the Wonder Years gets 200 bucks no bull I will never pay her $200 because she didn't get with Kevin Arnold so she will not get a penny from me um okay uh, that's fair that is something I'm adamant about in life, Scott. I hate her. Uh, David Hasselhoff gets $300. That would be interesting because he's a lunatic. Yes. I would like uh, him to sing in German to me. <laughs> Chevy Chase gets 500 bucks. You know he was enormous in Germany, Scott. He was like the number one artist for yes. years. Yeah. Chevy Chase, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. 500 bucks for Chevy Chase? Yep. Yeah, there are some memorable lines that he could spit out there. Don Johnson, 50 bucks. These are sort of golf-related, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, there there you go. That's great. I, I don't know how we just did almost 50 minutes on absolute a BS week of golf, but it was entertaining, my man. Uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, we got anything else for uh, the good people? No, nah, I don't think so. I mean... Uh, you know, now that you threw it out there that we'll, you know, do cameos for people for free, I'm expecting to spend a lot of time making some videos. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think we'll put that up on the Instagram story tonight when the episode drops. Um, so if you're getting to this point in the episode, hit us up on Instagram. We will do a cameo for us. Give us some lines that you want us to say. Send it to your friends that, you know, maybe suck at golf and you want to, uh, you know, terrorize them even more. That's fine. Scott and I will do your bidding for you. Uh, and in the immortal words, Scott, I guess of Leave the Pin Podcast, this one's free for everybody. Either get busy golfing or get busy dying. All right, be good. The game of golf is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic, vintage, classic. Eagles and Arrows didn't create the look. They've only perfected it. Eagles and Arrows provides the classic American golf look with a modern spin. Hats, gloves, club head covers, and my favorite, the vintage American carry bag, are some of the amazing items you can find at eaglesandarrows.com. Follow them on Instagram at eaglesandarrowsco. It's Eagles and Arrows Company, C-O, on Instagram. Love golf, live life, Eagles and Arrows.